was really cool getting to know a lot of people and my groups. I chose, of course, my first language is Spanish, but I chose English and it was so cool. I was in four different groups, uh, like Circoli Minori. The uh, the small circle, <laughs> small group. I love yeah, why he looks over at Paul because <laughs> <laughs> I know I shouldn't look look no, at you. I knew it. No, it's <laughs> because you don't want La Chigula uh, Circle. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Hola and welcome to the Beatitudes. How's everybody doing? This is a podcast for Christian men seeking to grow in holiness as we walk together trying to help each other grow on that path to holiness or or as Jeff likes to call it holiness and humorness mm-hmm. it's the the mashup of humor and holiness because we take the faith seriously but not ourselves my name is Paul Colker and I am joined as always by my bro host Jeffrey Scheffelbein. You know, most people think that name's German, but given who our guest is in our crossover into Latin America, do you know my last name is Scheffelbein? <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, so I did and not shuffle, know. shuffle in German and then Bien is actually in in Spanish <laughs> in Hispanic. And uh it means shuffle means crooked, so I'm crooked good. There you go. That's crooked true. real good. <laughs> okay, well, taking it back to your your era. And Nicholas Besner. Que paso, todos? Ah, muy bien, bien hecho. Um, and we are joined again. Uh, this is th- we had a fun time last time talking about all things podcasting, and uh, now we're going to get to take a deep dive into uh, his involvement in the church in in Rome. Some some crazy cool stuff. Uh, let's give it up. Welcome back, Juan. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. We said Juan Diego Juan so many Diego times. Network, you you forgot to write Juan my Diego. name. There. Juan Diego's understudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Juan Diego. Sorry. <laughs> So sorry, Jose. I know. I was Happens so focused on all the time. No, no, no. You, we all said we said Juan Diego so many times on the last show I mean, uh, that that was even. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Jose Manuel de Urquidi. Did I say that close? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Sorry. It's yeah. not a Nordagi. It's an Urquidi. <laughs> oh, what? It was a really bad, bad. English pun. Um, welcome back to the show, and please forgive our gringosity. Um, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, we need to find out a little bit more. You, you do all these podcasts, and that's phenomenal stuff. You're talking about reaching people where they are. Um, the, as I understand it, the Synod on Synodality is about reaching people where they are. So talk mm-hmm. to us about your involvement and all of that. Okay, so the Synod started 2021, right? Um, Did it's it? It's the, the 16th uh, general... What's the name in English? Ordinary General Ordinary Assembly of the Synod of, of Bishops. There have been extraordinary ones, but this is the 16th Ordinary Assembly. And 2022, people started realizing the Vatican that the idea of the Pope wasn't really happening, which was like being out there listening to to what hurts, like the the people. What what are they? What are their wounds and stuff? You know? So. That's when in the first that was called the first phase, the diocesan phase, which a lot of people might might say was like things were not still very clear in a lot of senses. It was just like let's listen, right, to to <laughs> to people, uh, what what hurts and and what they long for, right, and that was it. So we I was in D.C. in a Hispanic leaders conference. And Monsignor Lucio Ruiz, Secretary of the Dicastery of Communications, to, uh, asked me to, to gather five, six Catholic influencers 
and to start listening in the internet, whatever that meant. I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't even understand. Like synod of synodality. What the hell? Like what? What is that? <laughs> like uh, like, uh, and well, you know, like the media and everything. You had like these very extremes about what it was. So I didn't understand what I was getting into, and well, listening became like that first phase we at the end were around 250 uh, catholic influencers that had like well decent following or huge following on social media and who were trying to ask questions and see where the people are at you know? one of my first questions was like why do we need to do this right like why do we need to listen and one of the things that i remember the most uh, monsignor lucio explaining is like Whenever you go to the doctor, like the doctor doesn't just see you and tells you, ah, you need to change this and do that and and take these pills and and start doing this and change your lifestyle and stuff. Sure. No, he has to listen and see what are your habits, what are your vices, what you're eating. What like he has to see what what's up with you, and then hmm. he'll propose like something that'll do you good. And of course, you can follow or not, right? At the end, free will. That's that's on us, right? But, but that, that for me was very important to to start understanding a bit what the Senate, what the Senate is. So that was the first phase, the listening phase. Then the second phase was the continental phase, and after the first phase, we submitted a synthesis, uh, along with the, all of the well, a lot of dioceses all over the world, and apparently in the Vatican they realized that we reached a lot of people that weren't that weren't going to to church yeah like around 30 percent of those that we listened to weren't like going to church which was a very big number hmm. and uh, we were invited by cardinal greg who who leads the who leads the gen uh, the the secretary of the the synod of bishops to be to participate in the continental phase which was a weird thing because every continent uh, had its own assemblies and following that conversation in the spirit methodology, like praying a lot and talking and listening and seeing, uh, talking about different things. Uh, that was that was what was happened like North America, Salam, Latin America, Africa, Europe, Oceania, etc. No, and the digital continent we had our own face, oh, and wow. also we had envoys so to speak, that went to the assemblies of the of the actual continents, right? Hmm. Because we're not in a, like, yeah, you guys are listening to this wherever and, and watching or listening to us, and but we're still here in person, right? So, of course, that was important. Uh, so, for instance, I went to El Salvador for a week, uh, February last year, and with, with people from all over Latin America, bishops mostly, and and then conducted with Catholic influencers every day for two weeks sessions of the conversations in the spirit. So we were talking about the, the, the document, the different things, and praying a lot about that. And then giving, like, well, saying what we, what we had in our hearts and also responding to what we heard others say there. And, and at the end, trying to discern what the Holy Spirit was 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 telling us, no? So after that, that was February, right? M May, I receive um, 
I receive a call. No, I receive an email, a letter scanned and by email <laughs> uh, by the by the bishop from the bishops of Latin America asking me if I wanted to be one of the 20 non-bishops to be nominated like the li the short list so the pope could could choose 10 so i was asked that letter I, <laughs> i said i couldn't make it yeah. it, it went to my spam, <laughs> spam. <laughs> no no that's incredible keep though. going sorry so yeah you got no, shortlisted so, yeah but of course like it was very like you have to respond it was like three five days you have to send a half a page of a like a resume of sorts, a curriculum vitae. And of course, I had to say yes. And well, if you saw it like that, it was like a 50, 50% chance. But still, I received that email. I saw that and I called my wife, which wasn't very prudent because <laughs> it was clear that October was going to be like a whole month off, right? And we had lots of things going on and stuff. So kids. lots of things ah. going on and stuff. I, I don't want to get kids. into those details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three, three kids, right? That's a lot of, a lot of stuff uh, going on. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what they're named. <laughs> what were you struggling with that month? <laughs> no, no, that's right. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, um, yeah, thank God right now it's a different. Um, she survived very well October. But well, I, I, said, I said yes, but knowing that I... We started somehow uh, like praying and talking and negotiating. Like, well, I started with, with my wife. And sometimes I was like, yeah, I'm going to tell them I'm out. And like a lot of the times, like yeah. I, can't, I can't be there. Like I can't do this, right? But well, at the end, I was coming. We, we were driving from South Padre Island to Monterrey. Uh, receive a call from the uh, July. The No, yeah, the first day of July. Uh, and received a call from the Secretary General of the Bishops of Latin America, Salam, and he told me that I was elected by the Pope, that I was going to be one of the 10 non-bishops from Latin America. Of course, most are priests and, and religious, and, well, the fun started, right? Um, started, of course, a lot of preparation, reading the Instrumento Laboris, which... Maybe you can spell it correctly, I think. Yeah, yeah. So oh. it's the, the working document. Exactly. So the instrumental the, or the working instrument. I thought you were going to do your Latin. In, in, no, you said it. You said it great. <laughs> Instrumentum laboris. Could you spell it backwards for me? Uh, S I. <laughs> I'm a little dyslexic, so I probably. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so well, then was preparing for, for the Synod, which was a month in Rome without the family, because it was Monday till Saturday, working like the whole day, uh, basically, and getting off 7.30 and then, of course, lots of stuff. Um, so Yeah, so like 12-hour days plus well, events. Plus, <laughs> plus, yeah. Yeah, plus events and stuff. And, and well, that was just how I got there, and I noticed I took a lot of time just to explain the how I got there, right? <laughs> that's a big deal. But, but, no, but well, incredible. Uh, basically, I was there. I know you won't take any credit, but priests are the rare there because it's bishops and cardinals. And then here's podcaster, Jose, I do podcasts. It was so weird. Like that, that <laughs> like that. I, I, I was invited like to be there like four days before. Of course I said, I'm getting there the day it starts. Cause come on, um, I have family. Yeah. So I got there Saturday morning and then we had the, the ecumenical vigil, uh, what I say on that evening or afternoon. 
and it was just like okay being being there with everyone dressed up like yes like i think i'm close to some bishops and cardinal stuff but i've never seen so many together <laughs> dressed up yeah and with the pope and i'm like here like just like like this <laughs> like wearing like wearing your my, detroit my, hat my my, my <laughs> yeah just normal so it was a bit overwhelming those yeah. those, those yeah, first first so. first first days but it was really cool because it started off with a with a retreat from saturday night till till tuesday night which was really really cool like lots of prayer time lots of getting to know everyone because mm. we were there like same place out of rome like an yeah. hour and a half uh, away from rome it was a really way, uh, really great way, which was the first. I was surprised. It was the first thing that started with a retreat, mm. uh, basically before they just jumped into it. This sounds like another time and place. Yeah, you know, this doesn't even sound like it's real with what you're describing, but it was probably pretty real for you and your family. Yeah, it, it was, and and then the the whole like it's so weird now. A lot of people that I. I sort of knew about some that I knew or papabilis, et cetera. Some that I didn't even know, like right now, like, yeah, what's up? The cardinals, whatever, the prefect of mm-hmm. this, like, castry, the, like. They're hitting us on text. Like, bra- <laughs> bra- breakfast, lunch, oh, dinner, yeah. like a whole month, right? So it was very intense, like, the sessions, the formal yeah. sessions, but also a lot of, like, just, like, hanging out with people, getting to know them. That's important. And, and it was really cool. Like, most most of them, most, of course, not everyone, but mo- most of them, like, really interested, like, trying to engage. And, mm. and like, <laughs> of course, it was maybe weird for them, right? Like, who the hell are you, right? <laughs> like, this guy with a, with a, with a cap and um, just their jeans and stuff and being here. I'm here representing all of the Americas. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, was, it was really cool getting to know a lot of people. And my groups, I chose, of course, my first language is Spanish, but I chose English. And it was so cool. I was in four different groups. Uh, the Circoli Minori. The, uh, the small circle? <laughs> small group. I love yeah, the way he looks over at Paul. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I shouldn't look, look no, at you. I knew it. No, it's because <laughs> you don't want La Chicola uh, Circle. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh but it, it was so great. Like, Im- imagine, like, the whole day. The, the the like the methodology was a lot of prayer times m- in silence and a lot of prayer times during the day a lot of prayer times that's cool that's awesome and and then everyone in the, in the table like speaking everyone else listening and then we sort of like reacted to some of the different things that we thought the holy spirit was moving us and since i chose english now english is the lingua franca right so there were bishops from Africa, from Asia, from Europe, from Oceania, from, from of course, the U.S., from, from the Middle East. So you had the prosecuted church. You had a blooming church of vocations. You had, like, the church that was struggling or that is struggling a lot with <laughs> keeping the churches open. So you had, like, the universality of the church, mm. which was, like, for me, that was one of the best things really having a sense of the, mm. the universality of the church, That's like incredible. Catholicity mm. of the church, right? So that was a really great thing for me, and I'm speaking a lot right now. So No, uh, but this I thing <laughs> continues, right? You're not done. Yeah, well, one, one of the things that, that maybe, um, yeah, well, I, I don't want to... I, w- I was, of course, because of that background, very much talking whenever I could um, on the general congregations, uh, which was in front of the Pope and uh, uh, whenever he was there, which was like half the time because small groups and then 
you spoke and you appeared on all the screens all over uh, in the tables and the big screens no media um, whenever I spoke I was trying to to talk about being out there in the internet mm -hmm. people are not coming to church what are we doing for almost 20 centuries the church has sent missionaries to mission frontiers and yeah scary they might be killed they didn't know the language they didn't know maybe it was a really cool pagan uh, culture that they might become pagan or whatever or they might be eaten or something but they still went there mm -hmm. and they got there they learned the language they didn't know they didn't just got there with their bibles and like they saw how they were living learned the language saw the seeds of the verb right of truth that were in the culture and then evangelize them right like uh, that's what we need to do in the internet right now that's what you guys are doing and a lot of people are doing but sure. but the church like if we're called to be out there on, on mission be uh, iglesia en salida i don't know how that translates but i <laughs> the original well, like the literal is like church in exit in the yeah, sense. Yeah, but it doesn't translate. No, well. but like you're, but a going it's the out, missionary apostle. A, yeah. a yeah. church that's going out is which is evangelicalium, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. more twenty-seven, the uh, paragraph twenty-seven, which I always get so excited when I read it because we need to be out there and and really present Christ, the sacraments, people like to to Him, right? And we're not just gonna like someday, well course anything could happen but someday people won't just realize oh we're gonna church exists we're gonna go back no where are they spending hours and hours of their waking hours Fortnite. in the freaking yeah or <laughs> in the in the, the their cell phones so that's where we need to be yeah. i had a priest three years ago i said because i was just going through in my other business my old energy business like why you need to be in the metaverse even though it's an electricity in the real world and i said the Catholic Church needs to be in the metaverse or somebody else is going to become the Catholic Church in the metaverse and you're going to regret it. And he laughed at me and I said, no, you should be given spiritual direction. Like, we can't be given sacraments. We shouldn't be in there. And I was like, look, if people are there and that's where they've escaped to, go get them. And, the, and the, the thing is, it's not only they escape, like they're really looking for something. For sure. For love, for, for a sure. sense of meaning, Connection. for truth, for, for God maybe yeah. without knowing. Do you know that Jesus Revolution movie that Jonathan Rumi was in? Yeah. The, the, if you haven't seen it before, I'll just give you the one line that just crushed me. It was when he sits down with the pastor, and the pastor hates all the hippies. And as a hippie, he says, you know all the drugs and all the festivals and all the community? Do you know what we're all looking for? He's like, we're all looking for God, and people like you won't just let us in and teach you know teach us about it. So I do think everybody's seeking the same thing. It's just, are we trying to meet them there, or are we— sitting behind the physical walls of a church. And that's a church, like a asked church, like the institution. What are we doing yep. with people that are trying to do that? Yep. Are we doing the same thing that we've done for 20 centuries? Yep. Like forming them, sending them, accompanying them, and and, and well, being being with them and, and, mm -hmm. and really, like, I don't know how many. Uh, that's why it was really cool at the end. We, we ended up with a whole chapter, chapter 17 of that, of the synthesis of the first session and the recognition that it's the same mission of the church, but always. now in the digital environment. Yeah. Mm. And that cool. the church has always done this, but now we need to be there to bring them to Christ. Same I wish thing, everybody right? would hear you say that because that starts to erase all the headlines and the shocking, whatever. Like it's the exact same mission in a digital world. 
Yeah. Or that recognizes the digital world as part of it, not only one or the other. And that's how the, the chapter is called, chapter 17, the mission in the digital environments. And yeah. it's, yeah, that's it has cool. some, some, some really cool things. And at the end, there's a proposal, proposal L, that local churches hopefully will recognize because there's already missionary, like digital missionaries in lots of dioceses, recognize and then form them, send them and accompany them. Yeah. And yeah. that means maybe, hopefully, well, we already have one. So now we're working with lots of bishops and conferences and so they can hopefully send something to the Synod. And the second session, which is October this year, we're going to be hopefully talking about this because if we're talking about being out there on a mission, the church, getting Christ, getting his love, his mercy, his truth to people, that's where we need to be. This is a very tangible way of doing it, right? So lots of things that we need to be doing. And well, right now we're in halftime, but we're we're not just like resting. We're doing a lot of these things. So we are sending these best practices, experiences, of the encounters of bishops with their digital missionaries and walking towards a, a pastor, uh, like a digital past, uh, ministry mm-hmm. in local churches, right? Well, I, I think you've answered a lot of questions that probably people had surrounding just all of this because it's taking place uh, in another country, on another continent, right? So it's, it's all of that. But uh, I think one of the most pressing questions people had was um, in the continental phase, how were the breakfasts? <laughs> You know, that's a great point because I went to one of those breakfasts, Paul, and I heard them talking about the Synod on Synodality at that Continental Breakfast. Right. And what was fascinating to me was they were like, Jeff, do you have anything that's similar in your business? And I said, actually, yeah, ever since this was announced, we started doing meetings on meetingness. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there and was we, the Donald Duck. And we have Texas shaped waffles. And, and I, I, I think, like, let, let's speak of it. I'm. I'm at the end of the first phase, the second phase, I, I thought I got it. Like why they he chose that name, mm. which is so weird, right? Synod on synodality. <laughs> but then then I got it more and hopefully maybe every day we'll I'll I'll understand a bit more of what <laughs> he meant by or why he wants this. The the thing is knowing how to synod. And that means being able to sit down, pray together, listen to each other listen to the Holy Spirit, and then see what we're going to be, be doing as a church. That's Discern. why it's a lot of different themes. And, of course, first of all, everyone that doesn't know, a synod is consultative, not deliberative. Code of Canon Law is very clear. Nothing can be changed, no doctrine, dogma, not even discipline, right? It's just a, a, a consultatory body to the, to, the, to the Pope. But at the end, it, what we're learning as a church is, being able to see it with people who think differently, who come from different realities. It's not just like something's very easy here in the U.S. to think everyone is in these culture wars or whatever. Like the universal church prosecuted, you have like all these different struggles mm-hmm. and they come from different realities with different agendas. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's agendas because there's people and some work with the poor, some work with, with different, like some are in formation of seminaries that I the digital continent so that was my let's say my big agenda and of course a lot of things around the family etc etc but the thing is seeing like learning to pray together despite our differences and to be one because that's what we're called to be right and sometimes we forget and and we 
we love fighting it seems more than ever <laughs> and, and and not not being able to sit with someone that thinks uh, that that's a different uh, has a different set of views or, or whatever and trying to to find a way forward right as a church as we've done for 20 centuries and there have been really tough times in the church it's not the first one <laughs> no if i've learned anything from the digital world is that you want to dunk on somebody and then block them <laughs> <laughs> no listening if you disagree just dunk and block um yeah, it's dunk and then don't play defense. And that's it. <laughs> I actually have no idea where you were going. Just no, like on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Okay. It's just when people yeah. get into arguments, it usually it ends very badly, very quickly. Does anybody ever do that? Like dunk and block. <laughs> well, no, they don't say <laughs> that, oh, okay. but they try to that's, find that's a what way. That's what he does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm what? like, man, if you very she know Oh no, was this confession by projection? <laughs> yeah. uh, or projection by conf- <laughs> anyway. Um, well, yes, but thank you so much for sharing so much Absolutely. of that story, and it's it's amazing to hear not only your personal experience, but how much you just know and understand and have um, assimilated all of these different aspects of, of not just uh, doctrine, but like church practice and church culture at, I mean, in Rome, right? Like you're talking about all of these things about canon law and instrumentum laboris and all of these things that are so um, baked into the inner workings of, of the universal church, especially in the heart of the church, but you're you're bringing them to us and, and sharing that knowledge with us, so we appreciate it. That was the best description I've had of what happened in Rome. And maybe it's because it wasn't something I was trying to read real fast. That was extremely <laughs> helpful. Yeah, that was that was eye-opening for sure. Well, and people can get involved. Uh, starting the year, Bishop Flores from Brownsville mm-hmm. invited everyone. Every conference is doing different things, but every diocese can send a two-page document of what they're trying to do to really be this church that's not on maintenance mode, but it's really on apostolic mission, really. Mm -hmm. And we need to share best practices, so to speak. We need to pray more together. We need to be doing this sort of stuff. So so you can still be involved and in the digital continent a lot more. And if there's digital missionaries that are listening, you can as well. Lots of ways. I think you just nailed me that my next book that I will read that's sitting on the bookshelf Next to my bed, which is a night table and nightstand. It's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh, from, mis- from maintenance to apostolic missions. Uh, yeah, yeah. Monsignor Shias. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, um, yeah. I mean, it looks awesome. I'm going to read it. It's awesome. Cover. <laughs> <laughs> like cover. It's like cover. bookshelf right next to your bed. <laughs> it's awesome. Turning off that light is so hard. <laughs> Got to get way up there. Uh. Uh, okay, well, a couple things just to kind of close this out here. One is I think I have a new tradition because every time the wolf makes an appearance, it gets lobo. Lo- lo- <laughs> lo- I don't know. It's awesome. <laughs> lobo. Yeah, lobo. A little lobo for the but wolf. But I also love that we just put this little figurine of St. Maximilian Colby, and I feel like you grabbed him, and then you just went to another world and took us on a synod ride. So... Uh, (laughs) Colby's going to be here for anybody who needs to grab a hold of him while they're talking. Um, Jose, man, what a blessing. Juan Diego Network, Juan Diego and Co. I hope that this leads to many, many fruits and that millions and millions of people, that the next Juan Diego and the next Guadalupe come at a time and a place uh, where where needed so that we can continue to evangelize in in this world that has shifted, but that the doctrine and the teachings have not. Exactly. We will see you on the internets, and for the rest of you, we'll see you in, in the, the Eucharist. Eucharist. You got mail. Dios los bendiga. Thanks for tuning in. 
If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.